Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to Off in the S's, a podcast focusing on the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. I'm your host, Stu, and on today's show... There's been a ton of chatter about the BOP, but after the Rolex, where did the dust settle? And just who can we expect to have a strong weekend? Buckle up as I preview the 12 hours of Sebring. Well, there are a ton of stories to be following heading into the 12-hour of Sebring weekend, most notably starting with the GTP class. And last week's breaking news of Meyershank Racing manipulating tire pressure data being the biggest news. Now, in case you missed it, last week IMSA handed out penalties to the number 60 Meyershank Racing Acura. These penalties came about after it was brought to IMSA's attention that Meyershank Racing was manipulating the tire pressure data during their Rolex 24. And of course, we all saw it out on track. That number 60 was truly dominant and on another level compared to even they're supposed to be equal Acura competitors. The harsh penalties that IMSA handed down were as follows. The loss of 200 team and driver IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship points. The loss of all team and driver IMSA Michelin Endurance Cup points. The loss of race prize money. The team received an additional $50,000 fine. Team and entrant representative Mike Shank was placed on probation through June 30th of 2023. And team engineer Ryan McCarthy had his IMSA annual credentials revoked as well. He has been put on an indefinite suspension suspension of IMSA membership. Now we can sit here and talk about how big of an advantage it was for Acura, even though we already covered this in a recent episode, but really putting the Rolex in the rear view mirror, it's going to be interesting to see how this team handles the adversity going into Sebring. There's a lot of question marks that the defending IMSA champs now find looming over their heads, and it's a real question on how they're going to come together as a team and emerge from this shadow that they've put themselves under. They will certainly be a team to watch in GTP. Porsche Penske Motorsports drivers Michael Christensen and Dane Cameron certainly have a full plate this weekend, as they're going to be pulling double duty with the World Endurance Championships 1,000 miles of Sebring and the 12 hours of Sebring that takes place the day after. Now, the two drivers are, of course, going to be driving Porsche 963s in both of these races, and interestingly enough, are the only two drivers that are going to be doing double duty in the World Endurance Championship and IMSA races. Now, while the cars should drive virtually the same in both of these races, Dane Cameron did have something to point out to SportsCar 365. He pointed out that the rule sets are rather different in the two series, and also importantly, the pit lanes are completely different that the two series are going to be using. Apart from that, though, the drivers are going to be getting some very valuable track time, and I'm sure are going to learn a thing or two from the World Endurance Championship race on Friday. Now, speaking of Porsche, one of their first customer teams, Proton Competition, has announced that they will debut with their IMSA GTP class car at Road America this year. They will be participating in the final three races of the season as they were unfortunately unable to get their new Porsche 963 in time to compete in more races this season. And while they haven't confirmed their driver lineups yet, they did say that they're likely to use the same driver lineup 
up in their three World Endurance Championship races that they're going to be competing again on the in the second half of the season, as well as the three IMSA races that they'll be running. Now, unfortunately, we won't have the Rolex 24 winning Proton Competition number 55 running in the LMP2 category this weekend, but there are still plenty of returning LMP2 entries, one of which includes the number 52 PR1 Matheson Motorsports entry that will feature Ben Keating, Paul-Loup and Alex Quinn looking to defend their Sebring 12-hour crown. While in LMP3, the number 33 Sean Creech Motorsports entry of Lance Wilsey, Wal Barbosa, and Nico Pino look to defend crown in that class. They are on the back foot a little bit, I guess, going into, into Sebring, coming out of the technical issues that plagued the entire class, really, at the Rolex. And ultimately saw that number 17 AWA Duquesne take victory. So it certainly will be something to follow in this race, whether the same reliability issues that plagued the LMP3 class at Daytona carry over to the rough nature of Sebring. And in addition to that, there are going to be a couple of new entries on the grid. The first one is a brand new entry from Avenue Motorsports. Their number four entry will feature Tony's Kazmitz, Trenton Erstep, and Seth Lucas. And the JR3 Motorsports number 30 returns to the grid as well, with Ari Ballo, Garrett Grist, and Dakota Dickerson. Moving into the GTD classes, I'm just gonna get out of the way that don't worry, we will be talking about B.O.P. But before we do that, let's talk about a new car that's going to be joining the grid for Sebring, and that's going to be the IMSA debut of the McLaren 720S GT3 Evo that's going to be driven by Inception Racing. Now, this is going to be the debut for the McLaren Evo, since the Evo kit wasn't actually available until March 1st. However, the team has already completed a test day with the new configuration at Circuit Paul Ricard, and it's said that the actual swap only took about two days for them to do. And in fact, it didn't even need a workshop for them to fully complete. That's a pretty far cry from the NT Esports effort uh, that they had to put forth in their Lamborghini in order to just get that thing to the grid for the Rolex. Now a note there is unfortunately NT Esports will not have their Lamborghini on the grid at Sebring. Hopefully we're going to see them back on the grid as the season rolls along. And a team that will be back on the grid is one of the newer teams, AO Racing. You'll recall back at January's Rolex 24, they had a beautiful swap shop livery on their new Porsche 911. However, they have recently revealed their full season livery. Praise yourself, it's a little bit different than their Rolex livery. The new livery features some prominent T-Rex graphics on a bright green car, with small T-Rex arms on the door of the car, and most notably, the large teeth and mouth right across the front bumper of the car. It certainly is a fun car, and I think it's gonna be a fan favorite out on track pretty much immediately. Actually, you know what? Considering the liveries that they've put out so far, I think they're setting themselves up pretty nicely for maybe a bit of a merch line that I think would be pretty popular amongst the fans. Okay, fine. Let's, we're done with the fun stuff. Let's talk about the BOP. I mean, after all, it has been the dominant story coming out of the Rolex 24. Well, except for Meyershank Racing, but we've already touched on that enough. And there have been some big adjustments that have been made to virtually all of the cars on the grid for Sebring. Starting off with the weight adjustments, you're gonna see the Acura, Aston Martin, BMW, and Corvette 15 kilograms lighter than they were at the Rolex. 
Meanwhile, the Ferrari, Lexus, and Mercedes all gain 15 kilograms of weight. On the fuel capacity side, we see Acura gaining 5 liters. Ferrari will also gain 5 liters. Meanwhile, Porsche gains 7 liters, and Lamborghini gains 10 liters of fuel capacity to help them go longer into their stints. And Aston Martin is the only one with a reduction in fuel capacity, losing 3 liters. There were also some turbo pressure changes. First, the Aston Martin saw a small turbo pressure reduction, and the Acura saw a small turbo pressure increase. But it's the Ferrari that receives a pretty hefty sized turbo pressure increase to help give them some more pace. And finally, we land at the oh-so-talked-about restrictor diameters. Lamborghini will receive a 2mm larger restrictor diameter for some increased power, and Porsche, after a few different configurations were tested both at the Sebring test and reportedly in a private test the week after, will receive a 5mm increase to their restrictor diameter for Sebring. So really some pretty big changes are coming here. Overall, the Porsche takes a pretty hefty step forward, I think, with this. And really, as we all hoped for, that they would get a few breaks. And despite the small increase in weight for the Ferrari, I think they also take a pretty good step forward along with the Acura. I also wouldn't completely rule out the Lamborghini. I think they could be a sneaky choice on Saturday with the small increases that they received. Really, I don't think any of the cars are huge losers from this. I think overall it just brings the field closer together, but if I had to put my finger on a couple cars that maybe took a small step back, they'd be the Lexus and the Mercedes. They did get some added weight put on them, but I still do expect that they'll be quite strong at Sebring. The GTDs were not the only cars to get BOP updates though, as an update to the GTP BOP was released as well. After all cars were set to 1,030 kilograms for the Rolex 24, every single car in the class will gain some weight. The smallest of the weight gainers and the lightest car in the class now will be the Cadillac as they only gained 8 kilograms of weight. BMW just gained a little bit more with 10 kilograms of weight. Porsche gained 18 kilograms. And the Acura gained the most at 24 kilograms. There were also some maximum power adjustments made as well after all of the cars were set to 500 kilowatts for Daytona. BMW and Cadillac will both get 13 kilowatt increases in maximum power. Porsche will get a 17 kilowatt increase. And Acura gets the largest increase at 20 kilowatts. I think the biggest gainers from this really are Porsche and Cadillac. They were both really close in pace at the Rolex, and I do think that they're going to be really close in pace once again when it boils down to Sebring, and I think these changes help to bring Acura back to them just a little bit. You can't complain if you're a BMW fan as well. Along with Cadillac, they're basically the lightest cars in the class, and while they didn't get as much of a power increase, as the Acura or the Porsche did, I think this might be enough to help bring them into the competition a little bit more. Now that we have the BOP out of the way, what are some things that we can expect in this Saturday's race? Well, for starters, we're going to expect to see the GTP lap times in the mid to high 140s, I think. And then as we head down to the GTD classes, we're probably going to see them right around the two minute mark with the fastest cars maybe breaking into the 159s. Now this 3.74 mile or just over six kilometer long Sebring International Raceway certainly has some tricky corners to it.
Sebring International Raceway is located in Sebring, Florida. A lap starts heading down the front stretch into a bumpy left-hander turn one before a small kink that is categorized as turn two heads into the heavy braking turn three. A small right-hander followed by a medium speed left-handed turn five heads into Big Bend and ultimately down into the turn seven hairpin, a great passing opportunity. Out of turn seven and into turn eight, through turn 9 and into turn 10, which is also another great passing opportunity, then sends drivers into turns 12 and 13, otherwise known as Tower, before they pick up some speed and head into Bishop, and ultimately back onto the runway portions of the track. They head down the long Omen straight and into the final corner of the track, turn 17, also quite a rough one itself, to complete a lap at Sebring. Now weather could be an issue as well heading into the weekend. Now according to Racecast Weather, the Thursday and Friday runnings will be pretty nice with temperatures expected to be in the 82 to 86 degree Fahrenheit range or 28 to 30. However, it's not until we get to Saturday where the weather might become an issue. The expected high is 82 Fahrenheit or 28 Celsius, but most importantly, there is a 70% chance of showers and the opportunity for thunderstorms in the afternoon. Now, of course, if you'll remember back to the six hours of Sebring last year, there was red flag conditions for lightning in the area. If there is lightning in the area of the racetrack, the race will be red flagged and uh, the time will continue to run. So could this play a factor in on Saturday? I certainly hope not, but we have to be prepared for that possibility. Racecast Weather is great at putting out race week forecasts, and I love to follow along with them on social media. I'm going to put the links to them down in the show notes. Now the part where I either get to look like a genius or I get to look like a fool. I'm going to let you know who my picks are. For the Saturday's race. In the LMDH class, I really like the bumps that uh, Cadillac got with the BOP. And also, Sebring has just been a dominant track for them in recent years. I think they're going to have a big foot up in this race, and I'm picking them to take home the win. If you had to make me pick a car, I'm going to roll with the number 31 Action Express Racing entry. In LMP2, I'm going with the number 11 TDS Racing entry. It will be driven by Stephen Thomas, Mikael Jensen, and Scott Huffaker. I think they showed some really good speed at the Rolex, and Jensen and Huffaker actually combined with Ben Keating to win this race last year. In LMP3, I'm going to stick with the same choice as I did in the Rolex 24. That's the number 36 Andretti Autosports entry. Things just really didn't work out for them at the Rolex, as really it didn't work out for essentially everybody in LMP3, I think they're going to get it done at Sebring. In GTD Pro, I'm going with the Corvette. They were great here when they ran last year, and of course, they picked up the win in that race, and I was looking at it, this year they actually have a more favorable BOP than they did last year. Expect them to be very strong in this race. GTD, I'm gonna go a little bit outside of the box here. I'm going with the number 78 Forte racing entry. Now I mentioned that the Lamborghinis, I think, could be pretty sneaky in this race, and that's why I'm picking these guys to take home the GTD crown. I'm also going to be keeping my eye on the number 93 Racer's Edge entry. They were really strong at Daytona, and the Acuras got a nice boost for Sebring as well. There's definitely going to be a lot of GTD teams to keep an eye on in this race. There's not a ton of IMSA support series that are going to be joining the WeatherTech Championship this weekend, but there certainly is enough on-track action to keep everyone busy. Starting on Thursday, there are going to be two races for the Porsche Carrera Cup. 
Cup. Race 1 goes at 9.10 a.m. Eastern Time, and Race 2 goes at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Both of those races can be caught on IMSA TV. In addition to the Porsche Carrera Cup action, there is also the Michelin Pilot Challenge that has their two-hour race on Thursday as well. The Allen J Automotive Network 120 will get underway at 1.15 p.m. Eastern Time, and you can catch that on IMSA TV. Friday is a slower day on the IMSA camp as the World Endurance Championship will take to the track for their 1,000 miles of Sebring. Before that though, the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship will complete their qualifying session that will get underway at 9.10 Eastern Time on IMSA TV. Finally, Saturday is race day. The Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring will get underway at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and can be viewed on IMSA TV or Peacock. And also, like I did for the Rolex 24, I'll be doing a watch-along on YouTube. If you're interested in tuning in for that, make sure to check out Twitter at OffInTheSs or on the Community tab of the OffInTheSs YouTube channel. Once I finalize exactly when I'll be live for the race, I'll be posting updates over there. That's going to wrap up this 12 hours of Sebring preview. A big thank you to all of the Patreon supporters. If you too want to support the show, then you can head to patreon.com slash OffInTheSs. Once again, thanks for tuning in. I hope everyone has a great race weekend and doesn't go off in the S's.